everyone, and welcome to New Way, the podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. I'm your host, Sarah Hayden. How do we live with integrity and faith in the relentless chaos of our time? How do we interrogate privileges that benefit those of us who live in white skin and systematically disenfranchise those who don't, especially those of us who are black? You may listen to this season of New Way and find yourself wondering why a podcast about faith and ecclesiology is spending so much time naming injustice. We hope you'll explore that tension, along with the question, why do we as people of faith impose limits on God's justice and mercy? Welcome to season five. Many of you know we started this podcast to celebrate and examine the relationships between people, our communities, and the ways that context shapes faith. But in the year and a half since we first launched this podcast, we are living in a new world. Many of us are now back to school and work, but none of us are back to normal. We ask you to join us as we listen, engage, and pose tough questions to ourselves and to you, our listeners. Our aim is to prompt faithful action and invite imagination about a more faithful church and world that could emerge in the months and years to come. We welcome those of you who are newly joining us. We're glad you're here. I could not stop crying. I'm sobbing. And it was because hate, like I felt their spirit of hate and it hurt. It's like we talk about racism, but it's like when it hits you at home, it's just like, how could you deface a painting that just says that my baby's dreams matter too? Today, we continue our conversation with artist and muralist Ashley Nora. We discuss the public defacing of the Indianapolis Black Lives Matter mural the artist's decision-making process around whether or not to cover up the vandalism, and the ways in which, in the artist's words, the vandalism is but one small confirmation that the fight toward justice and equity is far from over. Let's listen in. This next part mm-hmm. of the story of the mural is not the end of the story of the mural either. Right. That It was at that evening when the mural was completed. We finished the mural, and unfortunately, while we ha- did the mural, we actually had to have the National Guard. There were, you know, we had police officers there protecting us which is sad and we did need it there were protesters that came anti-protesters there Mm -hmm. were people who came um you know saying you know that hey black lives don't matter you know there was the bad um as well and it's sad that the city knew that we needed protection while we were painting that they would say hey maybe we should protect them because i don't know if this is safe and and that just tells you a lot about you know racism right but we had people protected for a few days the day it was maybe three or four days later we got the news we woke up to the news that it had been defaced and it's unfortunately as artists we kind of knew like before we ever signed on to be a part of it we knew what would come from it we knew that there would be a lot of people supporting us and like yeah but we also knew that there would be hate from it as well and they gave us the opportunity they they laid it out for us and we had the opportunity to say yes I still want to be a part of this and put my face out there in the public or I can decline and they told us you know this is what you can expect um unfortunately so we kind of we knew what we were signing up for and we all kind of knew that Maybe it might be protected, but maybe not. So a day after it happened on one of my posts, I I posted the video of my daughter. You saw Mm -hmm. there were actually hate comments under there, too. I deleted them really fast and blocked. But there were people who said, I can't wait till someone pees on it. 
like this is the, the next day under my daughter's post under something that was so positive mm -hmm. there was still hiding behind fake pages and spewing hate and it hurt my feelings but I didn't want anybody else to see it in my comments um, but it was too much hate it was it was consuming me so I had to, I was just like no I'm just gonna delete it I'm just gonna block these people but the movement won't stop so when the defacing came like I knew it was gonna happen but it still didn't prepare me for how I would feel. So I, I was hurt, I was upset, I was overwhelmed with emotion. So I actually went there that day. Um, I got dressed and I said, I just gotta see it. And I went and the moment I saw it, I just wanted to know like, it, did, my, did they cover up my daughter's face? Mm -hmm. Like what, what did they do? And when I went, I could not stop crying. I'm not just a little, but sobbing and it wasn't because oh my paint was the face because you can always paint over it like there you can always you know make another one but it was because hate like I felt their spirit of hate and it just it hurt it's like we talk about racism but it's like when it hits you at home it's just like how could you deface a painting that just says that my baby's dreams matter too? I can't think it, of anything more personal or more <sighs> soul cutting than just that experience. Yeah, it was it was so sad and I, I just I didn't know how to feel. But what I can say is the support that I felt in that moment from strangers. There were complete strangers that were there and that saw me crying and it was you know I was surrounded by you know Caucasian um, people and they came to me and one lady she asked she said do you mind if I hug you and I said yes like I needed that hug in that moment I didn't care about the coronavirus in that moment <laughs> I, didn't, I just know that I needed to be consoled in that moment and I truly feel like you know, I, I, I just believe nothing happens by accident, mm -hmm. right? And I truly knew that God know that I needed something tangible in that mm -hmm. moment, you know, because God can seem so intangible sometimes. Yes. But he gave me a tangible representation of him in that moment through her. I truly believe she, for her to be there and she hugged me so tightly and allowed me to cry on her shoulder. And she told me, she said, I promise I have white children and I'm going to have more white children and I am going to teach them that this isn't okay. And she looked me in my eyes and said, I promise that I'm going to do my part. And it gave me some type of comfort, like, thank you, God, that it, it, I didn't just need someone black to console me. I, I needed a, a human. I didn't see color in that moment. All I saw was, yes, hug me, please, because I need one. Like, this is painful. And I, I really feel like that was God. I do not feel like that was on accident or anything. I needed that. And I think it's, it's so important. Um, yeah, but the feeling, the, the feeling was, it, it was such a pain. But I think the hardest feeling of it all is that I couldn't show my children again. Yeah. To this day, my kids, we it's been two uh, months. This this weekend, it'll be two months for the mirror to be there. My children saw it the, the first day that mm -hmm. I was done, and I went back the second day and took a photo uh, shoot with them. But they've only seen the mirror two times. I have yet to go and show them again because how do you explain to a five- and a three-year-old that someone really bad or someone with hate in their hearts they destroyed it how how do you say that and my daughter asked like oh journey mommy can can I go see my face can can we go see our picture and I'm like oh not today because mm -hmm. 
I really don't have the words yet. And she, you know, she's in kindergarten. This is her first year in school and they're virtual right now. But, you know, and in her class, she has all different races, you know, in her classroom. And they're just so happy and so nice to each other and just, ah, hi, guys. And it's just the innocence of children, like how beautiful and how innocent they are. And I truly feel like God wants us to be more childlike, Mm -hmm. to have that that heart for other people that they really don't see color but that's the thing that other people with privilege you guys you know don't have the same talks that we have to have right like I never even thought even when I did the the mural and I knew that there was a possibility of it getting destroyed it did not cross my mind until it happened that oh my goodness I have how can I explain this to my children how do I have the race talk how do I tell a kid who just thinks everything is so perfect and loving and pure in this world that actually the world is very, very terrible? It's a very dark, evil place. And because you have a little melanin in your skin, baby, you know, a, a lot of people aren't going to like you. A lot of opportunities and jobs you might not get. And if you do get the job, you may not be treated fairly and you may not get as much pay as someone else, even if you have more experience. Like, how do you tell them that? Yeah. And just the very idea that the burden is placed on Ashley McKinnis and Journey and Araya, this idea that the burden is on people of color and families of color to have those conversations rather than the fault and the burden being placed on folks like me who are constantly and inextricably bound to the system that benefits us. It's up to us to be that counter testimony it shouldn't be placed on you all to have that conversation as it's been continually. And I know you'll have those conversations in the way that God will reveal to you and to them. But just the idea of leaving that mural up, I mean, you all had to make that decision as the organizers of Indie Black Lives Matter mural. And there was a statement printed after it, Mm -hmm. sort of creative activism and advocacy in the public realm necessitates that we anticipate moments like this. And that the vandalism that occurred is a visual depiction of what hate looks like. Yes. This is that question of like, what is art and testimony? And that it becomes alive in that way. It becomes released and unleashed the testimony into a community. And people interact with it in all kinds of ways and have responses. That paint splattered over, um, as you said, you know, don't worry, baby, mommy will fix your crown. Yes. And the girls have crowns on their head, yellow crowns on their heads painted. Mm-hmm. And the splatter across part of that letter. I think with me, um, when we all got together, when we talked about it, like some of us was like, okay, well, we can repaint it. And, you know, it was a, a, a decision. But immediately as we started to talk, all we could say was, well, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should let people see the hate. Let people experience and feel because art is about feeling. It is literally an expression of feelings, an expression of what's going on, what maybe has went on in the past, what's going on right now or what we think the future would look like. That's art. And it is a way for an individual to express themselves. And art should evoke some feelings whether if they're anger pain happiness peace I don't know but there's a feeling that it's very subjective so that (laughs) feelings that it would bring but what we realized was no 
we should keep it because what if like there are so many different things that could have happened we could have fixed it and someone said oh they fixed it okay and they could have came and destroyed it even more the cool thing about now even though it's really destroyed you can still see the message as clear as day Mm -hmm. you still know what we were trying to say and we understand that you're mad and that us saying that and amplifying this movement we just used our art to amplify the movement that's all they had a problem with it that they're saying no you you guys actually suck we really don't like you you shouldn't have did this like it brought so much light and um it was a white guy that was out there older gentleman and he came to me and he saw me crying the same day the day that I was crying and I saw it and he said I am so sorry he just kept apologizing and I was like you know you didn't do it um he was just like I just am so sorry because I didn't realize I mean I hear about it but I didn't realize that there was hate like this I was so confused <laughs> and th- th- he wasn't a young man he was no, uh, older yes, he yes. had to be you know in his 40s and he said I didn't realize and I said huh okay so it took splattering of plaint not black dead bodies um not injustice not redlining not just things that kind of suck like uh none nothing sparked did you know the hate what will it take and but paint and i Mm. said well you know what i can't negate anybody's experiences i had to even check myself and say i can't negate him for his experiences because he is a white man he does have white privilege and sometimes if it's not in your face you're not going to know or acknowledge it if you're not having those conversations with your white counterparts or with your your black friends or co-workers how will you know i'm grateful because even if that splatter just touched his one heart i think it did what it needed to do mm-hmm. and that showed me that yeah we made the right decision by leaving that there for the public to see what hate looks like yeah expressed through art Mm-hmm. And they just amplified the message even more. I mean, it did hurt. I'm not going to say that we weren't sad, but we're okay because what you did was actually amplify what we tried to say in the first place. So thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. We appreciate it because now people <laughs> can see that hate is real and that there are people out here who has a problem and it was more than one person there were different colors and you could just tell this is my scientist coming out yeah, <laughs> you could tell because yeah, the- you're a chemist by background <laughs> yes, right and yes i am pursued full-time art yes yeah yes. tell us your scientific Def- take okay so uh scientifically i uh believe there was definitely more than one person there were different colors of paint that was splattered mm-hmm. and you can just tell by the and this is just me i haven't yeah. had this conversation with anybody else but just the science in me know that there was multiple people mm-hmm. So there was a group of of people who came out and decided to destroy and thought that that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't know if it was somebody who was in my comments or DMs with the hate message, but I didn't respond to their hate. I just blocked them and I prayed for them, actually, just, you know, because I do believe in the Bible and you reap what you sow. And it's unfortunate that they're sowing so much hate. Because, you know, I don't know how it's going to manifest itself, but, you know, I just pray that God heals whatever is in their hearts and that God helps them. And I really, truly believe that God can. And I I do not just say, oh, you're, you know, no, I believe that, that 
we're in the age where people are waking up. We're in the age where people are saying, wow, I didn't know that. Like, I really, and, and it's just honesty. And you can't fault anybody for not knowing because I live the experience. I get it because I live it. But you might not. But I even appreciate you giving a black artist a space to talk and say, yeah, you are black and you can have faith as well. You're black and you can be talented as well. I, I really appreciate you a lot for having me here to talk today about injustice and what I feel like the church, can we please talk about how the church can help amplify mm -hmm. that voice? Like, I really feel like as Christians, it's our duty, like like I said, is to, you know, give and to uplift and to, to show people that God is real and that he exists. And I just feel like, you know, we have to be that example. Mm -hmm. Would I have been who I am in God if it wasn't for that example, the walk. And I feel like as Christians, how can we be Christian and racist? Yeah. You know, like how can we really say that we trust and believe, you know, in God and everything that he taught and he preached if we have hate in our heart? Mm -hmm. Love and hate cannot exist in the same space. Light and darkness cannot exist in the same space. One will overtake the other. And I think, you know, it's so important we have to, examine ourselves and look in our hearts as Christians and ask God, God, if there is something that I'm doing that's not like you, bring it to my attention and give me the wisdom that I need to change it. What can I do to affect change? How can I be a part of the movement and tell people I love you and I, I, God loves you? Like, I think that should be our mission. Seriously, is to spread love and negate hate mm -hmm. and do anything that we can to what can I do to help the oppressed? What can I do to help the poor? What can I do to help the widows? What can I do to help those that are like literally oppressed and in bondage? And I hear so many times like a comment on my post at like the one with um, my daughters, all the hate. They were just like, you guys should be grateful. And I I'm paraphrasing because mm -hmm. it was a lot of hateful words that were used. You guys should be grateful, you know, and they're like, we should be grateful that we're not in chains anymore but we really are we're in systemic ch you know chains we're still oppressed you know yeah we can use the same water fountain yeah we can use the same bathroom now but has everything really changed but we should be grateful for what we have now and stop worrying about it right. but no god isn't stop worrying about it. like god cares and the oppressor is on his heart yeah. And if you're a follower of Christ and you are asking God to give me the heart that you have, your heart will be toward those that are oppressed. And what can I do to help those in need? That's right. And right now we need your privilege. Right now we need your voices. We need you guys to stand on the front lines with us and say, this is wrong. We have to change these policies. We have to do better because we're not even given, they're not even given the same opportunities. Just give them a shit, you know? In every time and place, the church has been called to be a credible witness that what we talk about the gospel is actually true. And mm -hmm. in so many realms, we have behaved as if that message is not true. And it's time for Christians and people of faith around our country to stand up and examine our consciousness and say, what are the implicit and explicit ways in which we behave that lead people of faith to get the message that black lives do not matter 
mm-hmm. and that it's okay to promote the erasure of black lives and black and even black testimony, as you mm-hmm. said, like people saying, well, it wasn't really that bad or, mm-hmm. you know, that's not true or let's look at this logically or all those microaggressions that oh, we white people use to protect ourselves from the truth. It's yeah. just like, well, have you considered this or that's not what they really meant uh, instead of letting the testimony stand. And I'm, right. I'm so thankful for your willingness to say some of the things that are beautiful and, and powerful about your life and about your daughter's lives and about the work of the artists who've contributed to this mural and also the powerful messages that when we hear them, we're compelled to join in this one human family together and um, to lift up the lives of people of color around our country and to examine the privileges that we possess and would rather have than to say black lives <laughs> matter, you know? Right. And and that's that's the thing. And that's what I try to, you know, tell a few of my white friends. And it's just like you speaking up and using your privilege is not going to take that privilege away. Sometimes they feel like, well, if I speak up, maybe I won't get the same privileges. Like, or maybe, you know, and that is, that is hard. I, I do see um, people who, white people who follow me on Facebook and they post or repost something and someone says, you know, how could you support such a movement? How can, I realize that white people are, are experiencing some of that hate as well for supporting the movement you know they're like well how could you 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 know you you kind of like a sellout like how how dare you be a part of such a movement and i understand that you using your privilege isn't easy as well and that it comes at some cost unfortunately you know maybe to family members maybe they're like hey why why are you supporting this like it's if they're not on the same wavelength or path so we do appreciate you guys using your privilege i i thank you so much I was just thanking you for raising sons that are going to not judge people by the color of their skin, you know, and I thank you so much for that. And that's what we need more of in the world. And we need to talk to our friends and, you know, and help them, those who are not on the right path and say, hey, call it out. Just, you know, if they're thinking the wrong way or being racist, call it out like that's not okay and if somebody was black here listening would you say that I'm thankful for you seeing that my life mattered and that my black testimony mattered and for having me here it means so much to me it means so much to my children and I can't thank you guys enough for amplifying my voice and saying hey her voice does matter well that is truly kind of you to say and I have found in my life that the beauty and and true fellowship comes from that unifying force. And it's a joy to know you, Ashley, and your art and to be uplifted by it. It's a sacred thing. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful um, for God to have allowed me to have that gift. And um, like I told him, and I'll tell you guys, anything that has to do with God and with my art in public spaces, I want to amplify him in any way that I can so that people know that, you know, God is real and that he can do anything and not to limit him 
or anything that he can do and i'm so grateful i'm thankful for the art i'm thankful for the opportunities to put it on public display and for people to see my heart and to see the holy spirit come through that art and just his power and his grace for my black life like mm. i i am so grateful for this talent and i i just couldn't be you know more happy thank you guys you can see ashley's art in the letter r of the black lives matter mural in downtown indianapolis and at a special exhibit at the Indianapolis Art Center now through November 6th, as well as online on Instagram at Ashley N-O-R-A underscore art. Thank you for listening to New Way, podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. If today's conversation inspires you to take concrete steps to address some of the injustices we've talked about in this season's podcast, we commend to you the Matthew 25 vision and invitation of the Presbyterian Church USA, which seeks to unite congregations working to dismantle structural racism across our society. Find out more about it at presbyterianmission.org slash Matthew-25. Thank you for listening to New Way, podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. We're online at newchurchnewway.org. Our producer is the fabulous Martha Ames Sanders. You can see stories and photos from the humans who make up this movement on Instagram at 1001NWCPCUSA. Catch you next time.